Hello, I hope you're okay and that you're having a nice week. Maybe you're still at home. I'm noticing quite a few people are going back to work this week. So if you are, good luck and I hope it's going okay. I am blown away by the support on the first episode of Be Bougie, Be True, Be You. I wasn't expecting it. So if you've listened, commented, shared, whatever it is you have done, just thank you so, so much. And I'm honestly beyond grateful. I cannot wait to share this week's episode with you. Episode two is expressions of communication and self-worth, the differences between men and women. This week's guest is Tommy Velez. Tommy was fantastic to chat to. He has so much knowledge on these subjects and he shares so many insights into how you can love yourself more, how you can communicate better with women. It's honestly, I learned so much by chatting with him. Tommy Velez is an award-winning film actor. He's currently Mr Plymouth and face of Specsavers and a UK property investor. I cannot look at communication the same way after having this chat. So without me rabbiting on anymore, let's just get stuck right in. You're listening to Be Bougie, Be True, Be You with Charlotte Jones, the podcast to chat about a little bit of anything and everything. Hello and welcome Tommy Velez. Hi Charlotte. How are you? I'm really well thanks. I'm really really well. Thanks for having me on the show. Not at all. I'm really excited to have you here because I feel like this topic is something that pretty much everybody talks about quite a lot of the time especially between my friends and I um, in the last couple of years the opposite sex communication so I just thought I'd get stuck straight in really what are your views in the differences in communication between men and women oh uh, well I would I could talk about this forever but I'll try and be sort of shortish but um the differences between men and women in communication I think men are different men and women I just are just different. I mean, obviously for biological reasons in in general, anyway. But psychologically, I think there's like a there is definitely a communication barrier. But I think there's a, there's an element of empathy from women that men don't have, or men men do have but are not aware of. One of the key differences between communication definitely is is the way that men are, men don't feel as comfortable about talking about the way that they feel, whereas I feel that women are way more comfortable so would you say that if you had a priority list between men and women on where they would put communication would you say for women it's much higher on the list definitely why do you think men have such a hard time expressing their emotions in your opinion it's it's stigma i i really do believe it is that it's been passed down for generations after generations where men feel as though that they can't be Mis- misconstrued as not the alpha shall we say this is mm-hmm. this is something that's so deeply in it, like connected to, to men in general and I think that they almost see it as a form of weakness to be able to express the way that they feel which ultimately is at the root of every relationship. Would you say you've been able to learn how to become better at communication is it something that you've developed yourself or do you think it's something that's come quite naturally to you I think it's a journey and I think everyone's on their own unique journey but when it comes to to men I think some men are more open to that than they are I think it's about it's kind of it's a lot of it's removal removal of the ego because I think the ego is is plays you know rears its ugly head every day but in both men and women and it's not necessarily a bad thing because egoism actually keeps us alive like it's the survival instinct at its root but I think 
when it comes to, to communicating between men and women, I think the ego can sometimes kick in where it's kind of like you're almost threatened. I always feel like you're threatening my pride or you're threatening my position in this relationship. And I think men can sometimes get almost, they push away. I, I completely agree with that from my personal experiences over the years. And I think women, I mean, women's ego definitely comes into play because, you know, sometimes it's they expect a man maybe to mind read and be able to go off of certain emotions without saying anything and expect them to tell that they're upset. But I feel that women sometimes can over communicate too. I think there's got to be a really fine balance because again, speaking, I'm a very chatty person. And when I'm in relationships, if there's a problem, I like to talk about it. But I've definitely had instances where, you know, it's probably been talked about and dealt with, but I still like to talk a little bit more. Do you think maybe men could feel overwhelmed by that sort of communication if it's just a bit constant? I definitely think that that there is that. I think there's um there's a lot of plates that are spinning in a, in a man and a woman's mind individually. I think you've got physiological. I think you've got psychological. By that I mean you've got the differences between how you are, how how the chemicals are within your body, how you, the makeup of you and your DNA as an individual. And I think that then there's the the social element of it. You know, depending on what country you grew up in, what culture you grew up in, you know, will influence how you respond to the opposite sex. Um, uh, how your relationship with the opposite sex the relationship with yourself I think so there's a lot of plates that are spinning at one time but I think generally in the UK now I think in my personal opinion and um, coming off the back of what you said Charlotte I think it's important that people are aware of the stigma I, I use stigma a lot but I think it's such a thing that I'm passionate about removing the stigma that guys have because I think the most number one, the number one way to connect with a woman is to to own your own emotional intelligence and to own your own emotions, which is actually, in contrast, the opposite to what we're brought up, believing that you know it's a sign of weakness or you know I'm not going to be the alpha because you know I'm almost I'm almost splitting my power if you want to look at it that way yeah because there's two there's two people here there's two people in this relationship it's not just about me as selfish as men can be. Because I've been that guy too, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think women in a sense, and this is not being against women in any way, we do have an unfair advantage. I've been reading a book recently that I found fascinating called The Female Brain. And literally what makes the male brain become a male brain? We're all females for the first eight weeks in the womb and then a surge of testosterone comes in and it literally kills off quite a lot of communication cells in a male's brain so they already kind of start with an unfair advantage that for women that kind of continues but I also think it's really interesting talking about not wanting to be seen to be vulnerable because from the first episode of my podcast um, I was blown away by the response I'm really really grateful but women I found would comment publicly or share it on their story and say their views and how they related to it and what surprised me more is Men were listening to it, but they were messaging me privately to say how they related to it. It's like they didn't want it to be known that they could, because it was just generally talking about age and how I viewed life over the last 10 years and they could relate to it, but it's like they didn't want anybody else to know. Yeah, see, that that is classic, classic example, really, of what I'm talking about when I say stigma, because it's that oh, well, I don't want, I don't want to bear all. I don't want to, you know, put it out into the world because I'm, I'm, a, I'm in a position of where I feel as though I'm going to be judged. Um, or beyond that, I'm judging myself um, based on how I feel about this. And I'd rather, you know, it, it's easier, you know, I'd rather send a message than speak openly. I, I just think if, you, if, you're, if you're speaking openly and you're out into, the, out into the public, I think that's more empowering. 
my opinion. I definitely agree. And I think it takes a little bit of practice to get there, to be able to speak without worrying. And women do that too. Women very much worry about, you know, what's going to come back. But somehow we just find, we've managed to find a flow, I think, as we say, for me, definitely in my early 20s, I couldn't do it at all. But now I find it much easier. I do think as well with the age of social media, I mean, I see countless posts and I love it. I follow some of the accounts. I think they're amazing. There is a lot of support out there for women with life and relationship coaches telling them how to attract their dream partner, how to be the best version of yourself in a relationship. Now, maybe it's because I'm a woman and maybe all the algorithms don't work out for me, but I don't see that same sort of support out there for men showing men the help and support that if they're in a relationship and maybe they're having a few troubles there's I'm not seeing that many I am seeing some but it's not the same amount of support do you think men and women have the same amount of support when it comes to things like that no I definitely agree with you I I don't think there is as much because I mean obviously you mentioned touched on algorithms through for example Instagram or social media or you know whatever network you're using obviously there is an algorithm algorithms in place that will obviously deliver you content based on the things that you do like and follow etc but that in mind, I am aware that obviously I do I do follow you know a few guys on on Instagram, for example, who predominantly in business or mindset, or for example Tony Robbins, Gary V, Vaynerchuk, um, who else I follow, Garrett, um, Grant Cardone, um, all these sort of probably say you could go, go as far as saying sort of the idols, you know, people that you look look to. But I I mean I, I try to avoid the term idols for idealism because I don't really believe in that. I think. You, you are attracted to what's most or more like you as opposed to what disconnects you from them. I like to use the term mentors, but to your point, um, I think a lot of people kind of relate to these guys are predominantly hyper masculine and built their careers based on business mindset, making money, hustle, work commitment, not so much relationships not so much connections with in relationships, love, um, balance, communication. I, I have no doubt that they have some amazing relationships. Tony Robbins talks a lot about his, him and his wife and how they, they have a really strong relationship. I look at Grant Cardone and Elena Cardone. They've got a really strong and they, they base a lot of their success openly. I mean, they run a podcast together um, based on communication. So it's called the G&E show. You know, they pride themselves really on that. But Barring those two or three that I can think of, I'm seeing no clo- no coaches in terms of you know guys talking about how they can own their masculinity or how they can own who they are. I mean, there's a lot of you know, like I say, hyper masculinity out there. There's nothing really in the balance between men and women. It's also that the demand is not known. As a guy, what would you say you would like women to maybe understand more from a communication perspective when these differences arise? Is there something you wish that females would understand? Obviously, this is, you know, a lot of this is my opinion. Oh, yeah, of course. Despite, you know, coming to the point of where, you know, I read a lot, you know, I like to consider myself quite well read and in that vibe. But I do think that women are more empathetic. Mm hmm at their core and I think men are naturally more analytical as much as we both sexes do the overthinking thing you know and then you find yourself in the cognitive behavioral therapy route which a lot of people are stepping into which is an amazing forthcoming thing you know owning your own thoughts I do think women are more interested in people as opposed to whereas men are more interested in things the reason I say that is I think women should be more aware of the fact that men are less interested in people and empathy it's not not as natural to a man to be empathetic in my opinion 
Whereas I think it's more natural to a woman to be empathetic. And I think it's being aware that it may take a guy longer to get there. So have a bit of patience. Yeah. You know, guys want to. There's no doubt about that. But I think on a bio-molecular level, if you want to say it that way, the odds are against us in the first instance. So that's why sometimes I, I found, personally in my own experience in a relationship, when my partner's asked me a question or made a statement or said something, and it'll take me a little bit of time to absorb that before I can sort of reply. What would be a fair amount of time? Because I've had experiences where, like you say, someone said they've needed a bit of time to process and I will hold my hands up. I'm very impatient and sometimes I need to, you know, figure it out, talk it out now. But would you say maybe a day? Like how long would you say this process could take for you personally? Because I know everybody's different. It does depend on the on this, on the subject at hand, the subject matter. Some things you just have to get off your chest like... I need to say this and if I don't say it then I'm dishonoring myself and my own self-worth and how I feel right now so then you kind of unload it that works both ways guys and girls but I also do think that the the onus is not not always on the woman there you mentioned the female brain because I think the the onus is on the guy to take responsibility for how he feels in that moment and say actually I just need a little bit of time because as soon as you own that, I think the empathetic side in a, in a relationship, predominantly from the female, will say, okay, well, that's fine. Like, I understand. And then that almost creates patience, but in unity, rather than be like, oh, just be patient with me. It's kind of like, oh, I'm in this space. I own this. This is how I, as in like, I own how I feel. Please bear with me. Do you know what? That's so interesting that you said that. And things that you've said earlier, when you were talking about taking responsibility, would you say that men maybe, again, not all men, just as a generalisation, might find it harder to take responsibility for a situation like that? Because it's once you take responsibility, you're also being vulnerable in a way because you're admitting how you feel. Exactly. I think it was Brené Brown who said vulnerability or, or like it was it was the, the connection was I don't want to misquote her, but it was the, the connection between love and vulnerability and how essentially vulnerability is love. All bridges are sort of built between vulnerability and love. So the more vulnerable a guy is in a relationship, the more vulnerable a guy is in the moment, the more he can connect with his partner. You are right. It is about responsibility. Guys do need to take responsibility. I don't think guys enough, and we're not brought up this way either, are not brought up necessarily to take responsibility of who we are, what we do, how we feel and how we impact the world. I think that's so interesting because I, I can just relate to so much of what you've said in just in the, like the way I've seen things play out, especially for myself personally. I think that's incredible. And also, we've we've been talking about this the last couple of days, you and I, about the five love languages, because I think that really comes into play with a lot of what we're saying when we're having to deal with a difficult situation in a relationship and how people handle it differently. Um, what are your thoughts about the five love languages? It fascinates me. Absolutely fascinates me. I love it. I do think that the they play a massive role in terms of compatibility especially when you're dating I mean if you're meeting someone for the first time someone said to me very recently how you I think it might have been you Charlotte <laughs> who said to me how you express your love is often how you wish to receive it yes yeah that's what I read in the book yeah so I mean I think that's that's an absolute game changer as soon as you recognize that behavior in a you know a potential suitor shall we say if you're in the dating environment that's a fast track to see whether you're actually going to connect in terms of expression I mean we'll reel them off Charlotte you'll have to catch me if I lose any okay a acts of service yep 
Okay, there we go. (laughs) Okay, so I've got the list here. So it's quality time, receiving gifts, physical touch, acts of service and words of affirmation. Personally, words of affirmation, fantastic. Yes, I have to agree with you there, yeah. That's my, you know, just hits me. And then I find myself doing it. So if I speak, I've caught myself that if I start using words of affirmation, I start using those statements, I realize that there's a connection there because that I've subconsciously made that connection because that's how I receive love. It's fascinating. I genuinely believe that if you can recognize what, because I think people are primary in two out of the five. One is your, everyone has a main one. Yeah. Obviously all five are at play. If you can recognize what the top two are in your partner and you can deliver on that it will completely transform your relationship and again I think the basis of recognizing these love languages is self-awareness because when you're not paying attention like you said you will just automatically do what you enjoy so I'm the same as you for me it's words of affirmation so writing a little note or a text or just going up to someone and saying something that I think is quite cute but if you're not paying attention you're not noticing how they're necessarily responding to it and how much of an impact it is having on them to notice whether there's something else you could be doing to make that person feel appreciated and cared for. That's right. If you look at it, even look at it on the other way, there are people, there's a number of people out there in relationships who are doing these, you know, these, these things. They might be presenting gifts or they might be doing an act of service and they feel as though they're being underappreciated. But what they, what's something where we've kind of thrown in like a, you know, spanner in the works there is that actually it could be that your partner does not operate on that love language. And that by you doing an act of service or bringing he or she a gift, it could appear that they're not really that phased by it or impressed. But actually, it's because maybe there are words of affirmation, whereas that gift, maybe instead of it being a box of chocolates or flowers or, you know, it could be that like a a card with with a note in it with words of affirmation saying, you know, I love this about you. I love that about you. I appreciate you in this way. I appreciate what you do here would probably could be a completely different result. Yeah. And when, I mean, obviously you very kindly sent me the quiz yesterday. So when you took the quiz yourself, did you find that through doing it, I mean, it only took about five minutes, but did you learn anything about yourself? I definitely did. I mean, I thought words of affirmation was something that I was always aware of because I, I find that people that I like and that I gravitate towards to in any aspect of love, be that friendship or romantic, I tend to put that person up. So I do elevate them through words. And that is that was something that I'm aware of. And I thought, oh, wow, I actually do that. I actually do do put that up. I compliment people quite a lot when I like them. And I thought, well, that's because I love compliments. I was aware of it, but it kind of reinforced that belief, if that makes sense. Yeah, so I had words of affirmation, which was 30%, which was my dominant. So receiving gifts was 10%. Max of service was 20%. Sort of people, you know, if your partner's doing something for you. Um, physical touch was 20%. And quality time was 20%. So they were all kind of even, but receiving gifts, I was totally aware that that was going to be low anyway. I'd probably say it's lower than that because receiving gifts is not not really high on my priority list in a relationship. It's so funny you say that because when I took the test, overall, like you said, I could see it and I went, yep, I can agree with that. Um, So I've always thought that my love language is... Um, words of affirmation because like I'm the same as you I notice I love to talk I love to ask questions and I love to I love to write a little note or a text message it's one of the things that I'll do quite often even for like you say for friends too you know to build them up if I sense someone stressed I always think if you send a nice little thoughtful message to because to me that would mean everything but it actually came out that my top love language was quality time which did surprise me I mean I obviously love to spend time with people but again like you say you learn a bit about yourself because you're like oh, okay so obviously 
I valued that more than I realized I did. Um, but the one that made me laugh was my receiving gifts was only 3%. And I'm not, I'm not spoiled, but I do love a gift if I get some flowers or something. And I saw 3%. I was like, oh, maybe I'm more modest than I thought. So it is interesting isn't it it really is it just opens up the you know doors of curiosity because you know you find learning about yourself constantly I think that really is a lot of the root of of a positive relationship with yourself before even connecting with a romantic partner or friends or whatever you know ultimately getting to know who you are because I don't think people take the time to do that Definitely agree. I think the problem is if you go into a relationship and as much as you might love the person, if you don't know yourself, you don't even know what you're bringing into the relationship. So how are you expecting somebody else to know what you need to make you feel fulfilled and happy if you don't know yourself? So how important would you say is it to have that communication with yourself maybe before getting into a relationship? Oh, massive. Absolutely massive. I, I would say 90% of people out there that are in relationships shouldn't be, shouldn't even be in them. And I, I genuinely do believe that because I I think that ultimately relationships are about innately selflessness like people go into um, relationships for different reasons but I you know I do and also people are not conscious of it as well this is the other thing a lot of people are are not conscious of their behavior patterns you know they're not conscious of the fact that they jump from relationship to relationship consistently um, and never have that time on their own to actually stop and pause and reflect and heal and discover who they are because they're so distracted by other people. There, there is so much to say about people need to take more time to be completely on their own because I think how can you truly love someone else if you don't truly love yourself first? Because it, it's so difficult to love yourself completely anyway. The odds are against you right from the beginning. But if you can try your best to just forgive yourself for the mistakes you've made, grow, be conscious of who you are, discover who you are, because it is a, that's the fun part of life is be adaptive. And then sometimes when you're on that journey and you are really focused, you know, it, surprise, surprise, somebody, you're, you attract someone who you, who you actually should probably be with. Yeah, because you're on that same level because you're both focused you're both working on yourselves you're working on um what fulfills you to get your career to a certain level but like say know who you are so by that time when you've met somebody you're so much more aware of who you are that you should be they do say you don't attract who you want you attract who you are I love that so true it is isn't it and I, I blow my own mind about my own stuff all the time when you just look back to even say how you were a year ago and you think that the amount of times I've managed to bring awareness into a situation and how much that changes every time and how much you learn from that and again I think a bit like you said about forgiving yourself but also taking responsibility I think a lot of people both men and women can spend a lot of time running from a form of communication because it's from a situation where they can't take responsibility for what they did maybe or it, whether it's small or big as soon as you can just take responsibility you're then being able to forgive yourself and leave that situation in the past so you can move on to things better but if you don't communicate about something that you're running away from that's going to haunt you until you've actually faced it and dealt with it that's right it's the monster under the bed because it just keeps getting bigger and bigger because things don't things that are unaddressed you know what you resist persists exactly I I love it yeah and and it's kind of like actually if you are vulnerable and you are like actually I do have an issue with this you know be that from childhood 
from previous experiences and and own it you know you kind of it loses its power it's kind of the responsibility thing is so huge though i think it's not just relationships that come down to it i think it's just a modern thing without judging our society too much i honestly believe that the days of where owning your who you are taking responsibility is few few and far between it's not non-existential now but I do think that people need to be more conscious of the fact of whether they're taking responsibility or not, because it's so easy to fall into the blame game nowadays. You know, oh, people yeah. blame each other all the time for different things. You know, oh, well, I didn't make this because I had this. And it's there's a lot of excuses. Victim mentality. Victim mindset, definitely. It's just victim mentality is is so common. And it's quite scary, actually, because you can catch yourself doing it. We could be influenced by other people very very easily and if 90% of the people or the person on the phone you know that they say you are the, the average of the five people around you and if you're surrounded by people who are complaining or being a victim then that's going to reflect in how you think and you're just going to bring that with you everywhere you go where it's always someone else's fault or this happened to me or you know nothing's there's almost no responsibility there sort of moving on to control now do you think i definitely know and again being guilty of this women use communication to control or try anyway to control the situation to manipulate it to go in their favor would you say control has a big part in communication definitely i think ultimate that's another thing that is innately part of us as human beings you know this desire this want this need to control everything we want to control the way that we feel we want to control how we come across we want to control how we're perceived we want to control um, the environment that we're in we want to control everything but as you get older and your life happens to you and you realize that actually there are so many things that are happening around you that you can't control everything in a relationship i think we try to use you, you mentioned vocabulary and, and, and speech. I think people do try to control. What they try to do is almost control the environment or try to control the relationship by using words. Now, when I say control, and I'm sure you would agree with me, Charlotte, when I say the control gets a negative stigma when actually it's a positive thing because if, if there isn't an element of control, then it's just anarchy. Oh, completely. You know? And and you need you need you need somewhere where it's not, too far on one side not too far on the other I do genuinely believe I think I may have mentioned this to you before Charlotte actually with regards to that I believe that there's two ways to look at control and especially in speech it depends on the intentions if your intentions are positive you want to come to a positive outcome then I would consider that as influence you know the the term manipulation where you can manipulate a situation obviously carries a negative connotation and which is the same as influence but you have perhaps maybe a negative intention yes that's it's so spot on because i think when we it's probably an immature mindset to manipulate sometimes it's with good intention sometimes it's because we want to resolve a situation so we can be happy again so it's not necessarily coming from the worst place but when you try and manipulate a situation so that it it gets resolved that other person nine times out of ten can spot what you're doing a mile off so automatically the defenses are going to come up because they know it's not sincere whereas I find on the occasions where I'm able to okay going into a bit of a spiritual conversation now but you know higher vibration in a good mood where you're feeling in control of yourself and calm 
And if you can stay there, you know, a lot of people, I mean, I used to give advice, but then take your own advice. So if you ever yeah. friend came to you with a situation that's really stressful and you give this advice saying, right, just play it cool, be calm. But you've got to know that you're giving that advice. If you can take that and do that yourself, people will watch you. And it's almost like you say, influence, learning from doing. They're more likely to mimic your actions when it comes from a genuine place. When they can see it's being deliberately done to get someone's own way, it has the opposite effect. I'd say pretty much all the time. That's right. It's like living outside of yourself. It's like when you meet somebody and you get on, there's an attraction there and you you want to pursue something with that person for example you've got you've got two choices really you could present your most authentic genuine self or you can try to manipulate the other person in believing that you are someone that you're not the outcome is all very similar you want to be in a relationship with them or you want to experience more time with that person but actually which is your which is the positive in, in, intentions here? Ultimately, you're going to get found out if you're not pretend if you're pretending to be someone that you're not. Uh, whereas if you are 100% authentic self and you are just being you, and that person doesn't isn't attracted to you, then actually you've saved a lot of time. And by doing that, by living in your most authentic self, you will attract the person who is who is like you. Yes. Rather than a perceived version of who you think they are or who they think you are. Completely, and I think. A lot of that, from what you were saying, if you think about it, it really comes down to self-worth because if you like yourself, like you said, it is hard to really fully love yourself. But if you can get the relationship with yourself to a point where you like who you are, you know that you're a catch. So, you know, if somebody does reject you, like you said, because, you know, it's just not a fit, that that's not going to influence your life that much. You know, you might be down for a day or two, but, you know, you'll pick yourself up, you move on. You're less likely to manipulate if you like yourself. I think when you have low self-worth and low self-esteem, that's where unintentionally these negative behaviours such as manipulation will come out because you're not trusting that you on your own are enough. That's right. That's right. You could, you, oh, Charlotte, I love that. I absolutely <laughs> love that because it's true. Because the thing is, you are enough. Like people don't say this to themselves enough and people are not aware. Of, people do not say you are enough enough. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's so true because I almost think by approaching a relationship in a broken format, when you are a broken person, because we're all broken in our own way, but there are pieces that we can fix by ourselves. And if you can fix as much of yourself as you can, then when you meet somebody who is also on the path of wishing to fo- fix themselves as much as they can, together you can unite in that sense of where you're both bringing all the best versions of yourself currently to the table and, and that's your best chance of actually actually succeeding at, at what you're trying to do. And imagine how amazing that relationship will be when you're not having to spend your time trying to plan a way of like you say maybe manipulating to get someone to like you you can just spend your time enjoying that person and growing and building each other up and helping each other get better you know I just it but it's it seems like it's such an obvious thing yet it takes us such a long time to learn that well I think again because people don't want to look in the mirror yeah people people don't want to face who they are people are so afraid to accept who they are because maybe who you are is not who you want to be but that's who you are and sometimes you have to just go okay well this is just I am who I am and I love me I love myself I mean it's the despite in spite of my flaws argument isn't it yeah I, I love you despite your flaws I love you in spite of your flaws and it's kind of like well actually I just love you for you and this again this is still a conversation with with oneself 
I love you for you. I love you despite your, you know, your past, your future. I love you. I'm sort of unlearning all the things that don't serve me. And I'm sort of growing in the direction of who I am and, and who I want to be. And, and these are the, these are my principles. This is who I am. This is what I stand by. Those principles could be four or five major things, for example, but people don't even want to get to know that. People don't even want to spend the time to go, okay, who is Tommy Velez? Who is Charlotte Jones? Why do you think that is? Because they're afraid. Yes. Because I, because there's this fear there. Because actually, Pandora's box, you can't put it back in once you've opened it. But the truth is, nine again, nine times out of ten, when you open it, it's not half as bad as what you're expecting it to be. It's like we paint a really awful picture of ourselves. But when we really look, are we, not? you know, everybody's different. But is it really that bad? It normally it's, is not. It's really not that bad. Because you talked about vibrations and spirituality and it is about operating on a new plane it is about that spirituality is about being aware of of knowing that you are enough being aware of making a conscious effort to accept yourself and to love yourself and to forgive yourself every day we make mistakes every single day and i think if you can go to bed at night and say to yourself today was a beautiful day i learned this i learned that and reflect and each day you wake up you thank god thank the universe thank life whatever whatever it is that your belief system is for another day that's a nice nice way to begin followed by forgiveness i mean i was watching this this podcast recently by a guy ed Milet, who's so so strong on positivity and spirituality and he says like don't look back because you're not going that way wow and I think every day you can say, well, this is this is who I am now because people are constantly changing. So uh, I think it's about identity. And I think as soon as you get to know who you are and you can also choose it, this is the other thing you can choose. There are things about you that are, you know, you can't change, but there are things that you can change and how you respond to how you feel about yourself. The reason I'm so strong about this, Charlotte, and the reason that I'm so focused on this this one self thing is that people in relationships get accused of being selfish so much but actually if people were more selfish like more selfish and by selfish i don't mean selfish in a relationship i mean selfish with themselves yeah there would be less difficulty negativity in relationships there would be less obstacles there would be less problems I agree a thousand percent. And I think it's the connotation of the word selfish. We automatically assume it's a negative thing. And you do, don't you? If you hear a story of somebody and you think someone's not been the nicest, you're like, oh, that's really selfish of them. But I think if it's almost like we need a new word that means, I don't know what you would call it, but the more time you do things for you, the more fulfilled you feel on your own, the more you're going to come into that relationship and be glowing, be happy and be someone that people want to be around. It's a bit like when they say the old, you know, when you're on an airplane, you make sure you fix your own mask and life jacket before you help anybody else That's because right. you can't That's help right. anybody else or be good for anybody else if you're not okay first. This is the other thing. I mean, it seems so obvious when we say it, but nobody's talking about it. Nobody's talking about self-love because, no. you know, it, it, it carries that negative narcissism context you know people say oh we're all narcissists we're all on instagram we're all posting photos of ourselves oh all this self-love but actually it's not a negative it's never been a negative because 
every great all great things have all come from self-love because the more love you have for yourself the more love you can express to other people so different from if you're walking down the street you're in a state where you know because we all have days where our chemicals are higher and lower but there are times when you can be walking down the street and you're in a good mood you smile at someone then they smile back and you don't know that was the first time that that person had had a smile today yeah so what you what you've done is you've actually you've passed on self-love because that's that's who we are naturally we want to share things we want to love other people it's not like we, we all want to be completely on our own and we want to just like disconnect from the world that's totally against who we are as people we want to connect we want to connect with other people and love and share what we have I've definitely found actually during this lockdown time as much as I've done lockdown on my own and when I would do the weekly, you know, the group calls, the video chats and everything. Yeah, it was lovely to see people, but it's not the same doing it digitally. We are people that we want to be together. We want to be around other human beings because when those conversations used to end, I used to, I don't know, I just got this really strange feeling. Like as much as I had enjoyed being with my friends, it wasn't the same and it came over me and it's so much better. Like you say, when you can be around people, be relaxed with who you are and be in that environment and not shielding yourself away. That's right. I think Jim Carrey said that there are two states that you can live in as a human being, love and fear. That that changed the game for me because now I always think to myself, in every moment, I can either live in fear or I can live in a state of love. I love and it that. Is a, and it is a choice. The thing is, people people seem to think that they don't have a choice there are things on this planet where you cannot what you cannot change but you can change the way that you feel sometimes people have to do things in order to change the, 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 the way that they feel i mean even the word emotion comes from energy in motion so so some people try to you know they, they use physical activity to actually raise their their mood to raise the, their frequency and i think it's just being aware of of that so the and that you always have a responsibility for the way that you feel no matter what happened no matter who's don't get me wrong don't shy away from how you feel you know if you're going through grief or if you're going through heartbreak or pain which we all do sit with the emotion allow the emotion be aware that there comes to a point where you you have to own it by even sitting with it you're still ha- you still have an element of of responsibility uh, because you're owning the fact you are sitting with it and i think people need to just be more vulnerable be more vulnerable to yourself and to other people yes i th- oh, do you know that was incredible i i um what do you do to remind yourself because i see quotes all the time and i'll screenshot them and they're things that i want to remind myself because i'm like yes that will help me here that will help me with this if i remember that so that quote from jim carrey that you said what do you do to remind yourself of that quote because it's easy to let things like that slip and then like we say go into the lack of self-awareness where we'll start behaving without thinking how do you make sure you don't forget that i a counselor once said to me an exercise that you should do is you should actually look look at yourself in the mirror now, she said to me that there is a, in her experience, she'd been, she'd been a counsellor for about 20 years, I think. And she'd said to me that the staggering amount of people who do not actually look at themselves in the mirror, I mean, they might still be posting photos of themselves on Instagram, but who actually look at themselves in the, in the eyes, in the mirror each day was, unbel- was unprecedented. So from her perspective as a psych- psychologist and psychiatrist in that field she was quite alarmed by it because she said well that was the first advice that i would always give someone when they came across an obstacle because 
the root of a lot of psychology is about what we're talking about now, Charlotte, really, which is that lack of self-love. And I tried that exercise and it changed the game for me. If I'm ever feeling like a little bit low or anything like that, I go to the mirror and I know it sounds, we've used the word narcissistic and that's the connotation that I'm going to use, but I know it sounds narcissistic and it sounds, you know, me, me, me and vain, whatever way people might perceive it. But I'm, and I'm okay with that because I know who I am and I love myself. But if I go to the, the mirror and I look at myself in the eye and I say to myself, you're doing all right, mate. Like, you've got this. Like, I love you. I love you for you. And it doesn't matter w- what happens because I'm your best mate. Like, I'm your best mate. And I'll look myself in the mirror and say that. It takes away all of my fear and it takes away all my, my pain because I know that I've always got me. That is incredible thank you so much for sharing that I really I really appreciate it I felt like I have learned what I've loved about our conversation today is getting that insight into how men do view this because like my friends and I will chat and we'll say oh well men just do this oh men do that and we know it but to actually get an insight and an understanding of a male's viewpoint on how they perceive communication self-worth and how they bring themselves I've I've learned so much today so thank you so much it's my pleasure, Charlotte. I've just, Absolutely my pleasure. One more question for you before you go. What would you say sure. has been your biggest game changer in learning how to communicate better with women over the years? I, I, <laughs> I think I said this one to you, Charlotte, a couple of, a week ago. And that was, I always say to myself, think like a woman. <laughs> yeah, you did. So this is my sort of term that I always say to myself. Now, think like a woman, which is because I, I, I find I've got an amazing relationship with my mum. I've had good relationships with women over, over the my period of time I've been very fortunate but one thing that I've noticed is that women are very selfless and that is that's a number of reasons you know that could be biological because the way that we're made up as uh, as human beings so it's like um like a chemical thing but it's also it, it is what it is and that is that women are very selfless and I always think am I being selfish in the respect of where I'm not thinking about other people so when I say think like a woman I always think what can help people is if you be more empathetic, put yourself in their position, think about how they feel, stop thinking about yourself, think about how they feel. Because as soon as you sort of remove yourself out of the equation, you think about how your partner feels, that will improve your relationship. And I honestly do believe that the the obvious ones in relationship outside of empathy is people need to have sex more often. People need to forgive their mistakes of their partners more often like fast forgive mistakes fast people need to be more honest and they need to lift each other up if you're in a relationship i think people need to be more like their fat like each other's fans so you need to be your number their number one fan my friend always says it's a bruce lee quote but it's like be like water like be like water my friend so it's know when to lead and then know when to follow it is a symbiosis. It's not all oh, the guys in guys in control and the woman follows, or the woman's in control and the guy follows. It does. It's about symbiosis. It's about two people. So I think knowing when to lead and when to follow, and I think it's about holding each other to a higher standard as well, whilst removing expectation. Wow. Well. I will remember all of that, I think, going forward. That is incredible. Again, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today and chatting with me. I I feel like everybody, they're just going to get so much from this. So thank you. It's my pleasure, Charlotte. Anytime. I really enjoyed it. Mm 